Are you tired of all the voices who say, focus on the bottom line numbers? Say whatever you have to. Just close the sale. Just get the credit card. It doesn't matter what you deliver. You will never build a successful business until you grow a pair and stop caring so much. Here, we respectfully disagree. We give you permission to embrace who you are, how much you care, and encourage you to design a business that works for you and your clients. Welcome to The Art of Giving a Damn, the podcast that proves with every single episode that you can create a profitable business doing what you're passionate about and making a positive difference in the world. Now, here's your host, Michelle Schaefer. Hey, welcome to another episode of The Art of Giving a Damn. My guest today wins the prize for best book title that I have heard in a long time. Uh, Jesse, welcome to the show. Thanks, Michelle. I'm, I'm happy to be on. I'm excited to have a conversation with you today. So just by way of introduction for the, the listeners today, you are an author, trainer, life coach, group empowerment facilitator, motivational speaker, and entrepreneur in recovery, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Your best-selling Amazon book is called Smash Your Comfort Zone with Cold Showers. And I can't wait to dive into a little bit more about that. Uh, you're the founder of Entrepreneur entrepreneurs in recovery, a platform that empowers people in addiction recovery to reach their full potential. You work with communities, addiction treatment centers, and programs all over the U.S. where you train and facilitate your workshop. So welcome to the show. I can't wait to dive in. Yeah, so let's start with the book because that title just grabbed my attention when I saw it. I had to go to take a look at it. Tell me a little bit about what it's about and what inspired you to write that. Yeah. So the cold shower book. So this book, um, let's see, I'll start with what inspired me. So I am someone in um, long-term recovery from drug and alcohol addiction and there's other addictions, but those are the two that are probably going to kill me the fastest. Um, so at like 10 years in recovery from drugs and alcohol, I was still battling this. Mm -hmm. I was battling a few things, but one of the things was social anxiety. And mm -hmm. it was really baffling because I had done so much work around that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you know, you could say like in some ways I had like mastered some of that because I had a master's in mental health counseling. But okay. the thing is, is it, it didn't solve the, the problem. And mm -hmm. so, and I had even tried medication in the past, but the, the thing is, is it was still there at some level. And it wasn't like destroying, like it wasn't a daily occurrence, but it was there enough that it was, it was, it was a lot, a, 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 it was happening a lot. So a friend of mine, long story short, my friend, a friend of mine uh, came into my home one day and he said, Hey, you need to start taking cold showers. Huh. That's like the first thing he said when he walked through the door. And, and I said, well, no, uh, I don't. And I won't do that because it's December and it's 38 degrees out. And why would I do that? It doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. Showers, hot showers are a sacred thing to me. You know, that's where I, I reflect, I let go, you know, it's just a sacred space. But he said, no, you don't understand. You need to try it or at least look it up. And so when I said that, my roommate at the time, he actually took the cold shower, like literally in that moment. He said, I'll go do it right now. And he turned the dial all the way cold. And I ran upstairs to make sure this was really happening. I felt the water. And I'm like, okay, he's going to really do this. And he did it. So I was just like, okay, I'll do it. Like, and so it was five o'clock at night. 
I jumped in the cold shower, straight cold. You know, I lost my breath. I put the dial all the way cold. And if you do that here in New Hampshire in December, it's, it's no joke. So it was super cold, but I jumped, I took it for five minutes, straight cold. And I jumped out uh-huh. two hours later, I went to a meeting that I had always gone to, which the familiar feelings of social anxiety would come and they didn't uh-huh. come. So this, wow. what, what happened was it, 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 I just had this like idea, like, you know what, I'm going to give this thing a chance. I'm going to okay. give 30 days of this, this, this uncomfortable thing, um, huh. a chance. And that was the start. So that was the inspiration behind it. That is really cool. I think more people than most people realize really do struggle with social anxiety in certain situations and a lot of entrepreneurs do. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's it's like that thing you know when talks about, but like when I open up about this and I have been opening up about it for a little while now, like so many people have come forward with emails and messages about, you know, their 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 struggles with social anxiety, so. Yeah. I can imagine that's an issue that I know so many people who struggle with that. That's such an interesting idea. So for those of you listening, there will be a link somewhere near the video or the audio where you can check out Jesse's book uh, and, and find out a little bit more about that. But let's talk about how you, your path to the business that you have now and what got you into addiction recovery as something that you wanted to focus on and help people with. Yeah. So I was someone who worked in a corporate environment um, and I worked in this environment for many years, probably 14 years. And I did really well. I was in sales and I just thrived in that environment. I like, I like working mm-hmm. with people. Um, and so I, I worked really well. And, you know, in time, what happened was I started to get exposed to entrepreneurs. And it was really interesting. Like, I, I, like what happened is I, I, I read a book. Like, I read a book and it was uh-huh. about this author. And then I, I wanted to know more about the author. And then I would attend his event. And then I would talk to him. Okay. It turns out most of the people at the event were entrepreneurs. And I'm like, what is this whole thing about entrepreneurship? And uh, what happened was the seed just started getting planted. And this was a few years ago. And, and I was like, well, I'm on my path here with my corporate job. So that's cool about entrepreneurship, but I'm on my way up. I'm, I'm moving up the ladder here. And what happened was eventually like I landed the dream job. I literally like hit the job I'd worked 13 years to get. And what happened was when I got in that job, I, I thought that was going to bring me happiness. I literally thought that was going to deliver like, cause it was a, 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 a double in my, I was a, as a double in my pay, mm-hmm. uh, doubling my pay. And, but but that didn't do it, and, and the job itself didn't do it. Like, I still felt empty and, and inside, and I'm like, this is crazy. And for the amount of effort you have to put in to make that work, uh, that job really to thrive, I was like, man, was like, is this really what I want to do? And I started to give a, a greater thought towards entrepreneurship, and that's when I set a date of like, hey, you know what? I'm going to leave my job, and I'm going to be my own boss, and that's what ended up happening in 2017. I love that you actually set a date for it and gave yourself that goal of here's when it's happening. Yeah, I set an exact date. So in March of 2017, I wrote on a goal card. It was, and, and it's like, what the, what the heck is a goal card? But there's actually this card someone handed me that was where you write your biggest goal of the year on it. And I wrote, uh-huh. leave my nine to five job, be my own boss, August 30th, 2017. Wow. I okay. did not have a business. I didn't have a product. I didn't have a business. I had no name. I just trusted that like there's something here 
And, yeah. and I'm someone who trusts, I, I just really, really trust my gut feelings and my intuition. And so I said, I know there's this, this is a possibility. I'll figure it out. I just wrote it down. And within a month, the name Entrepreneurs in Recovery came to me. So, wow. you know, and then I mind map what that business would look like. Uh-huh. That is and fantastic. Then- so what, what brought that inspiration to you that you were going to go into the recovery piece of things for entrepreneurs? I know some of it's your personal story. Yeah, it's really because I've talked to hundreds of people and, and a lot of people are doing like a few things in recovery, but they're still stuck. They still lack direction and they're not in a good place. They're seven years in recovery from addiction, but they're not happy. They're stuck. And so I noticed this trend of that. And I also notice people in early recovery, maybe in the first year that they're just looking for general direction. They're looking for someone to elevate their life. Like what, what can I do next? And I would share one book with them and that would change their, you know, change their whole quarter and then, then change their year because they start to apply the principles. I'm like, wow, this is like, I'm an incessant learner. So I read a lot of books. So that was really this, there was this seed planted, like, what could I do? Mm-hmm. What could I bring? And the idea of entrepreneurs recovery was I was going to study entrepreneurs who are in recovery from addiction, who are successful. So that was the idea early on. I love that. You know, it's, it's so funny. Sometimes we disqualify ourselves from things because we think, well, I have this thing I'm dealing with. I can't go succeed at this. And, and if we just look around, we'll see people all around us who are successful, who are dealing with the same things that we allow ourselves to doubt and disqualify ourselves based on. So that's, I love that perspective of finding the people who are successful with that. Um, let, let's, let me ask you a different question though, because I think one thing that, that comes up for me is just the idea of recovery. How do you define recovery? Yeah, it's a great question. So the beautiful thing about recovery is everyone has their own definition of it. So there is no right or wrong way for recovery. Recovery mm-hmm. is a total, total holistic approach. It's, it's a holistic approach. It's what works for you. Mm-hmm. You know, for some people, it might be attending a 12-step group, and that's their recovery. And by doing that and helping others, that's what they do. For mm-hmm. others, it could be literally meditation and yoga. Like, that's how they say in recovery is they Gosh. practice meditation twice a day. They do yoga twice a day. That's their practice. For others, it could be a whole plant-based journey that helped them to get to that place of enlightenment that helped them to get there. So recovery is, is to each his own. Um, you know, for me, my recovery looked a certain way 13 years ago. It looked a certain way five years ago. And today it looks even different. Uh, some of the original principles and things I do are still there. Yeah. But it, it keeps evolving and expanding because I keep evolving and expanding as a person in long-term recovery. That's so interesting to think about because I think a lot of times whenever something is is wrong, we're pushed into one solution, right, for for the challenge. And when that solution doesn't work for people or when it doesn't get them to where they want to be, we feel like we're broken, we're something about us is is the reason for the failure. And I think sometimes it's just not having that person who can guide us into the conversation of, okay, well, for you, what does this look like? For you, what's the right solution? Um, So I'm sure that's got to be an interesting conversation to have with clients when they come in and share with you where they're at. And you're like, oh, there's this whole world of options for you. 
Absolutely. There's not one way to do this. And that's really just honoring the person. That's just honoring humans in general. Like we're all very diverse and we all have our own experiences and traumas and pain and different things that we went through. So I can't say, hey, just do this. This is going to be the right path for you. I have no idea what that person's been through. So I really just, you know, one of the things I stress is like, hey, you know, maybe, maybe there's one of these 10 things might help you. And why don't you start to look at each one, even if it's just for like a five minute version of it. Maybe try five minutes of meditation a day. Maybe try some yoga and because there's free YouTube videos on how to do yoga now. You don't have to pay money for this stuff. Right. Everything's maybe, on YouTube. <laughs> and, and maybe it's attending a 12 step group. That's free as well. So there's, there's ways to explore this and to see what works for you. And, you know, you know, like I said, today, my recovery looks a lot different than it did before. But one of the things I'm doing is I'm actually piecing together in, in a book I'm actually writing now of the ways I did it. And you know what? I want to encourage other people to write those books as well so we know how you did it. But I'm putting together a bunch of habits and different things I did in this book that I'm going to release this year. And to really show people what I did and just to see my journey of going from survival mode and addiction to thriving and to really living a, a life of, of purpose and service. Yeah, I think that's such an important story to be able to share and just give people an example of here's what it could look like. But the, the bigger thing to me is seeing somebody on the other side of it, um, somebody who's pulled out of that, because I think we all know somebody or maybe we ourselves have been in that place where there were things that really were, were an addiction that controlled our lives and seeing the example of, okay, and here's how you get to the other side of that is huge. I mean, that, that's the thing that gives people hope. Oh yeah. A hundred percent is you have to have examples. A lot of people who have overcome some type of addiction, even if it's like, if it's gambling or behavioral addiction or anything there, you know, it's, it, there's so much shame and stigma that people don't talk about it. So yeah. we don't even know what to do because all we have is what the medical management model showing us and what's like the government or it's like, we don't know what to do. So we follow those leads. We don't follow people who have long-term recovery that we can yeah. say, well, whoa, whoa, that person took that path. Maybe that will work for me. So we need what I believe is more people coming out and, and talking about their recovery out loud. Yeah. Yeah, it is one of those things that most people don't talk about. And I think part of it is the stigma and the shame of it when really it's just something you're experiencing at this moment in time. It can totally change a week from now or, you know, whenever you make that decision. And I think the other part of it is people don't actually get real with themselves and they don't realize some of the things that they may think are just a coping mechanism really have crossed the line into this is a problem and it's time to get help with it. Yeah, that's a question I get asked a lot is like, how do I know when it's a problem? Like, how do I know? And I would say like, I, I'd probably say it's an issue if it's disturbing you on a daily basis, because people compart, they, they put their life into compartments, right? Mm -hmm. So they say, well, this part of my day was good. This part was really screwed up. This part was good. It's like, you're, that's one day. Your day shouldn't have all those disruptions. You, you probably want to take a look at what is blocking you. Like, what is, what is that? And maybe it is an addiction to, to that. And maybe to just take another look at it or maybe share with someone to get their perspective. Because a lot of times we live in this. That's what I did. I live with the yeah. blinders on and I didn't share anything. And my addiction grew and grew and grew until it totally, you know, destroyed my life at one point. 
it, it does. It sneaks up on people. I think, you know, I, when I was looking at your website earlier, I saw some of the statistics on there about how drug overdose deaths are increasing and, and that it's, it's actually a bigger thing than vehicle-related or gun-related deaths, which most people I don't think are aware of. But the one that really caught my attention was, and maybe you can correct me on the numbers, but it was something like over 20% of young adults actually meet the criteria for alcohol or drug addiction. Yeah, that's mind-blowing. Yeah, that's what I'm really like. When I, when I set out to do this work, I had a certain a vision. But now that I've been into it on my own as an entrepreneur since I left the job, I'm like, wow, I'm really opening my eyes to the young people. Like the young people are, are it, it's scary. We're in a scary place right now. It's, you know, if you look at some of the numbers, a recent number is, only 7% of 18 to 25 year olds actually sought help for addiction. Mm. Only 7%. Imagine if that was an, a, a something like cancer or something like right. another, you know, that would be outrageous. That would never happen. And we only have 7% that are actually finding treatment and help. 93% are lost. They're 18 to 25, they're lost. And, and unfortunately between 18 and 35 is one of the mm. biggest ranges for the overdoses, like for people actually passing away so you know it is really disturbing so the thing is is instead of looking at this like the news does and really taking it as to a really negative place we need to look at like okay we know what the problem is let's pour the resources into things that are working and start to shed the light on people who are in recovery that are thriving so what can we do to really bring those people forward and that's part of what i'm starting to realize is like we really need more people going out there on the front lines and sharing what not only are you in recovery but what are you doing to maintain that and what and so we can take perspectives from many yeah so you know one of the things that comes up for me when i think about this is a lot of times it's it's challenging to know when do you speak up? When do you reach out to somebody and have that conversation with them? So as somebody who has really been in this area for a long time, you've been on both sides of it. What do you advise for somebody maybe who's listening and thinking, yeah, I know a couple of young people in my life who I think need somebody to reach out and say, hey, let's get you help. What's a way to do that that actually works? Well, I'd say that, you know, don't wait. A lot of people think that they have to hit this bottom. Like you have to hit a, some type of bottom before right. you start to reach out for help. And that is the biggest lie you could ever tell yourself. It's not true. If you are already thinking that, man, this is probably a poor decision. If that process is already starting to happen, it's happened over and over and over. That's the time to start to ask for help. And you might say, well, what does that look like? Well, here's the thing is you could actually reach out. There's resources that you could reach out to. You know, you could, of course, look up a local 12-step group. You could go to SAMHSA's website. SAMHSA has a website. So the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Service Administration has a hotline that you can call. It's anonymous. And they will direct you to treatment anywhere you are in the country for free. So that is a way to really get that type of treatment. But I would just say, start asking yourself the question is where I'm at today. Am I really happy where I'm at? Is this really disturbing me at some level? And, and am I just not feeling up to where I could be with where, where I want to be? And some people might say, well, I don't even have an addiction. I feel like that. Well, then that, you know, then you have a great opportunity to start to turn that around by listening to this podcast and the show and, and reading books, but people who are struggling with addiction, it's, you know, 
start to reach out to people who you know who are in recovery or people who can help. You can come to my website. You can come and reach out to me and I'll I'll try to direct you. But the thing is, is like it's, it starts to be, it's, it's whenever it is for you that you start to say to yourself, wow, I think that what this person is saying to me right now in this podcast, like I resonate because I I'm thinking that my alcohol might be a little, little out of control, you know, or, my workaholism might be a little out of control. So a lot of people don't think of it. When people think of addiction, they probably have already tuned me out and said, well, drugs and alcohol, I never, I don't have an issue with that. No, 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 no. It could be an addiction to your, it could be addiction to thoughts that are not serving you that literally run your run your day because they've turned into habits. Yep. Anything that controls your life. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's such an interesting conversation to have because I think it is hard to look at yourself and recognize sometimes the, the things that somebody on the outside might look at and go, I think you may want to get, get help for this. Um, it's hard to look at yourself and see those things sometimes. So I like your definition um, of when to reach out and have that conversation with somebody. We'll make sure that we put the links to the resources you mentioned somewhere near the audio or video people are tuning in for right now. And then the other link that I wanted to talk about is the recoveryfacilitation.com, your website. Tell me about the workshops you do and who would be a good fit to reach out to you about those. Yeah. So the workshops, I started running those um, right after I left my job. I did a training and this training taught me a methodology and how to take any group through this rapid change process using Uh what's called appreciative inquiry. And the training was called the leaf method. And so I actually took this training in October, 2017. And I immediately went to a sober living home with 14 men living at it. And I just did this process where I asked them questions. I asked them a high point questions. We journaled the answers. We did pair sharing, large group sharing. And then I had them actually write out their strengths and, 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 and so that each of them can see what are these strengths that I have? I didn't even know I had strengths, but now I see that because I was a resilient person throughout my addiction to be able to get to recovery. I actually have these strengths. And so what we do is we take those strengths and we turn them into like a sentence when the sentence turns into their personal mantra for their life. And so this is like, and then we do, we set, we set goals. So I'm a big person proponent of setting action plans and goals. So every group I have. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, every group I have, I set action, we set action plans and goals. So this uh-huh. first group I ran was a success. These men were, were starting to set goals. The, the actual owner of the treatment center was in the room when I did it, and she was like, I've never seen this type of energy with this group. And so what I did is I just kept doing that, and I kept perfecting this workshop, and I call it Entrepreneurs Recovery Workshops. And so what they are, they, they're really these workshops to take a group that might be at a sober living home or might be in treatment or might have be outside of treatment. It could be any group, but taken through this transformational process of tapping into their highest strengths to set action plans and goals, to create a vision for their life, to find meaningful work, to you know all these things that are really necessary for recovery and but also for just living a better life like how do i build meaningful relationships how do i find meaningful work how do i tap into my highest strengths how do i set goals i teach that in these workshops and so recoveryfacilitation.com is actually me training people trainers people who run groups people who are recovery coaches anyone really who wants to serve a group of people through this through these workshops. So I'm training people through the process now. It went from me doing it to me now training and doing it. I I love that. That is such a different approach than most recovery programs take. 
Yeah. I mean, so it's not like, so my approach, you still need, if someone's is really struggling with heroin addiction, like they have to come through and detox and they have to come through and, and have that experience and, and even find treatment, you know, that that's going to work for them. So my groups, you might actually find my group at a treatment center, but it's really when you're coming out of that as well. It's like, what do I do now? I don't have direction. There's no like roadmap after treatment of like, here's what I'm going to do with my life. So th these workshops provide some of that roadmap to where they can go next. And, um, you know, that's, that's really what I'm most excited about is to, is to teach recovery to coping tools that were so important for me and my friends who are in the long-term recovery because that's where this all this comes from is my experience and and studying hundreds and hundreds of people if not thousands in recovery yeah i can imagine that that's got to be a a powerful thing to be able to look across all of those experiences and go okay here's the common things that actually worked for people yeah. And there's some universal things that just work. And that's what my groups are. They're really like universal things. Like I don't have one particular thing. Like one of it is, like I said, like finding meaningful work. I think every person alive would like to find meaningful work. So that's a relevant topic in a workshop right. or building resilience in recovery. So that might just mean building resilience in your life. And I think that's really important. And another one is, is, is really, it's called focus on your recovery. Mm -hmm. Whatever you put before your recovery, and this could be from anything that you're addicted to, you're going to lose it. Whatever you put in front of it, because if that addiction comes back and you relapse into it, you're going to lose everything you put before it. So okay. keep the recovery first. Whatever definition you have, put it mm -hmm. first. And I have a group that actually teaches you how to do that. And that's so, so all the stuff is like, it's like relevant stuff for anyone. It's, it's kind of like one of those things. So. Yeah, I love that. It's really a, what do you do next to create the life you want? Yeah, exactly. That's, awesome. that's mm -hmm. awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing uh, what your story has been, what you're up to in the world. I think it's such an important topic for people to have those conversations about, even if they're uncomfortable, even if, you know, we, we the only way to change the stigma is to actually go out and talk about it more and have people realize that this is just like anything else people go through. It's it's a experience that's part of the human journey, and it's something that we can help each other with if we have the conversations and connect people with the right resources. 100%. said it great. Awesome. All right. So for those of you listening today, if you or somebody you know is going through that process of recovery, check out Jesse's website. You can find it at recoveryfacilitation.com and see if maybe something like this is exactly what you or your loved ones have been looking for to take that next step and figure out where to go from here. Jesse, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks so much. There will be links near here to recoveryfacilitation.com as well as your book, which I'm excited to dive the rest of the way into and see a little bit more about the social anxiety piece of things and maybe get brave enough to try some cold showers. Appreciate your time. And for everybody listening, thank you for tuning in today. Please like, rate, like, rate review, and subscribe to the show. And we'll see you back again soon for another episode.